You're listening to The Breakaway Breakdown, a bi-weekly podcast featuring breakaway roping's top talents from the professional level down to the amateurs, news, and more. We're going to be covering the fastest sport on dirt. I'm your host, Caitlin Gustav. This episode is brought to you by Equinity. Stay tuned for the commercial break to learn more. Today on this episode of the Breakaway Breakdown podcast, I had the opportunity to call and talk to a fellow California cowgirl by the name of Abigail Hampton Williams. Originally from Kalinga, California, now living in Paris, Texas with her husband and expecting a little baby boy, Abigail continues to follow her dreams of training rope horses as People might know her great horse, Snooky, who she finished in the breakaway roping. Abigail was qualified for the first ever RFD TV's The American, won the first ever Rope Like a Girl breakaway roping at the Wildfire in 2019, and has more titles and credentials than I can say right now. She does a lot of horse training, which keeps her very busy with her husband, And she tells us all about how she got into the horse training and how great of a blessing that's been for her life. She also talks about the importance of having a mental game coach because that is something that I'm sure everyone battles with is their mental game. So go ahead, enjoy this episode, and don't forget, let us know what you get out of this episode. Leave us a rating and review and go ahead and on any of our social pages, let us know what your favorite part of this episode was. I hope you guys enjoy. So, Abby, a lot has, you know, kind of changed. You have a new last name. It, I guess it's not new. You've been married for, what, a year now? Uh, yes. Yep. It has been since January 2021, so a little over a year. Nice. Nice. And you are expecting? Am I right? I am having a baby. <laughs> a, a baby. Do we know? Boy or girl? It is a boy. Yep. It's a boy. It's a little- so... So we're not going to be full-on carrying on the breakaway roping tradition. <laughs> no, for a little bit so, but um, maybe baby number two one day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm I'm so excited for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so, you know, how – I know you're roping. You're still roping. And recently you won the 3D at the Roping Futurities of America – and in the open breakaway, and you were the second round run- winner on two different horses. You know, how, I mean, it doesn't seem like being pregnant is slowing you down any. You know, how's the how's the transition from, you know, it's, a, it, I feel like it's a different ball game when you're pregnant roping versus when you're not pregnant roping. I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um, it's different for sure. Um, I, you know, I have to be more careful, mm-hmm. um, obviously. Um, I can't just, you know, get on any type of horse. I got to be very comfortable in the horse that I'm riding. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I, one thing I think I've struggled with, um, the last few months, um, is my balance. Like mm-hmm. so crazy how your equilibrium is so off, um, when you're pregnant. Yeah. And, um, that's one thing I've really had to, you know, kind of compensate for as far as that goes um and I when I first got pregnant I actually um 
I had gotten in a wreck. I had gotten kicked. Oh. And so I broke my ribs and I lost right in my liver. And so I thought for sure that's why my balance was off. When I mm-hmm. came back like three weeks later, I thought, okay, that's why my balance is off because I got kicked. I've been in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Well, then I thought I was, you know, pregnant during that time. And um, I was like, oh, crap. This is why <laughs> I'm equilibrium is off because I'm, I'm I'm pregnant like and it's crazy how just a, a little little seed at the mm-hmm. time mess up you know your whole balance so I guess um just really making sure that I'm riding horses every day that I can mm-hmm. um, to keep that balance and um that's been most important but the horses that I rode at the fraternity they they're so honest and so good and um one of them was my good mare and then um, the other one is a, a stud that we've trained forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one was my husband's heel horse and, and that we've also trained, but she, uh, they just all really take care of me. And so, um, I think that's, that's the most important thing is just being on something that you're comfortable on and you feel safe on and, um, you know, making sure that you can keep your balance on those because the cults are hard to keep your balance on. That's for sure. Yeah, no, I don't doubt that. Man, that's interesting. That, I mean, it is so interesting. I mean, you're growing a human inside you. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh, it's crazy for sure. I've, I've lost weight, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, while I've been pregnant. So I thought, Oh, for sure. That'll, that'll help my roping. Yeah. But your, your balance is still off. <laughs> oh no. Oh, no. Well, and I'm glad you brought up, you know, training horses. I I know you do a lot of training. Um, so I kind of, you know, I want to talk about that. Like, what got you into training? What makes you want to train young horses? Yeah, so um, we, I've been training horses um, since I was young. The mm-hmm. first horse I ever trained was my good mare, Snooky, mm-hmm. that I read years, um, that I actually sold last year. And, um, she was the first one I ever trained, and once I trained her, I kind of got to liking it, and mm-hmm. it wasn't a, a thing where I wanted to do it. I didn't think, oh, well, I'm going to start training horses. No, my dad kind of just pushed it on me and was like, we don't have the money to go buy, you know, a finished horse, so yeah. you got to make And so um, I, I had to make my horses, and I had to make my practice horse, and I had to rope on what I had, you know, and thankfully my dad has a good eye for him. Mm-hmm. I never thought he was going to be a very good horse, but, um, you know, she got, she got us into it. And then in California, I, I trained a few horses here and there, but, um, I moved back here and I met Eric and he trains horses. He trains team roping horses and he helps me with my breakaway horses and, um, rides colts and all that stuff. So he actually is the one that, you know, kind of helped me continue mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, I, I had some horses that I already had trained that were ready to sell. And so I sold them and put that money back into another investment, bought another horse. And, um, you know, we just kind of grew from there. And now I think we have like 30 horses oh between my. our own and training horses and um, sale horses. I mean, we're just we're super blessed to be able to do it. So. Um, we do it every day. And at first, you know, it was kind of whatever horses you can take in at the time, mm-hmm. uh, whatever, whoever wants to send you a horse. And, and now we've gotten big enough to where we can kind of pick and choose 
what we want to take and um especially with me now you know having a having a baby and Mm -hmm. you know after I have him I'm gonna have to really watch what I get on and so it's really nice that that we've gotten big enough to where we can kind of pick and choose which ones we want to ride and which ones we don't and you know we've gotten big enough to where now we have a bunch of our own horses and it's just really really exciting so it's it's definitely something we love yeah that is awesome that's it that is one thing like when something you love just turns into a career I love hearing those stories because you know that's that's really big you you got to be doing something you love for sure that's awesome. Well, I want to jump back into that, but I want to, you know, you brought up your dad, you brought up your husband, you brought up here, which I know where here is, but, you know, our listeners might not. Um, I want to go back to the beginning, you know, growing up, tell me about your family, when you kind of got into breakaway roping. Um, I know you're from Kalinga, California, correct? Yes. Yep. That's where I grew up. Um, my dad was a, a PRCA team roper. My uncle, Todd Hampton, also a PRCA team roper. Um, I grew up in a in a roping family, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, my Aunt Stacy runs barrels, so that's kind of what I got into first, um, was the running, running barrels aspect of it. Um, I think that's where I got a lot of my horsemanship from. I was put around a lot of good horsemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of <laughs> great ones out in California, and so I was blessed to be put you know, with the, with the best and um, learned how to ride very early in life. Uh, I was on a horse since I was a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I didn't actually start roping um, until I was 11, I think. I was kind of late to the roping. Um, you know, looking, looking at today's generation, mm-hmm. I was late. <laughs> Everyone ropes now at five years old, six right? years old. I couldn't even swing a rope. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, just, I, I, I started roping at 11, didn't really love it. I was actually still barrel racing pretty hard and I loved barrel racing. I had a really nice barrel horse mm-hmm. and, um, I, uh, my barrel horse was also crippled. So I kind of had to figure out if I was going to continue that or if I wanted to continue roping. And, um, the very first horse I actually had in the breakaway, she was my pole horse. I won the state finals on her and in the poles and, um, she bucked me off almost every practice. Like oh. she was awful. <laughs> um, but it taught me a lot again, like a lot of horsemanship. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Um, but you know, just kind of grew from there and it wasn't until I was about 13 years old, 14 years old, where mm-hmm. everything really started to click. Uh, I, I got a different horse. My good horse became my practice horse and we got something else and, and then it just grew. And then, you know, the, the basics started becoming basics and now we had to get into the, the hardcore stuff. Okay. Now we got to learn to score and uh-huh. now where's my rope landing and why is this happening? And, and so, um, you know, I, I wasn't the best through high school. I didn't ever make the national finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, the first national finals I've ever made was in 2018 and it was the college finals. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I didn't ever make a national finals, which I, was so depressing to me yeah. because I, I roped so good um, at that age, but it was all mental. Mm-hmm. All, of it, all of it was mental. And so that's really what stopped me at, at that age. And I look back and, you know, I thought, oh, high school nationals is everything. Like, I have to make high school nationals. And yeah. I never did. And I survived. So, <laughs> but I always 
tell all of the the students that come through and get lessons, I was like, I never made high school national. So, I mean, you don't suck. Trust me. Like, if mm-hmm. you don't make state, it's okay. <laughs> it's, yeah. Things happen, you know. And um, so, anyways, I I uh, my dad got the rodeo coach position um, at West Hills College mm-hmm. in Kalinga in 2014. I uh, decided I was going to go there. I wanted to go to Cal Poly forever, but mm-hmm. it just too good to be true. I feel like so, you and me both, I, sister. You and me both. <laughs> yeah, you understand. You were a California girl. <laughs> and um, so I decided that, you know, I was just going to go to West Hills and college was going to be free and that was okay. Mm-hmm. And um, I rodeoed for my dad for two years. And then I, I thought, okay, now I can go to Cal Poly. Well, I plans changed and mm-hmm. I visited Texas every year at the same time and I fell more in love with Texas every year <laughs> at the same time and I, I told my parents I said well I kind of want to move back to Texas you know and they're like oh well yeah that might not work uh-huh. you know and, um out of the blue one day it was actually after I had already graduated West Hills hadn't decided where I was going to go I think I was going to actually rodeo for my dad one more year and okay. just like take a different a different course mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna send my rodeo video, my best runs, out to a couple of coaches. I'm not gonna tell anyone. Like, I'm just gonna do it. And, um, and so I sent it off to like five different schools. And the first one I heard back from was Texas A&M Commerce. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, oh man, he he wants to meet me. This is the same year I made the college finals. And so um, he was like, yeah, we'd love to have you. You know, and I I had discussed it a little bit with my parents, but they pretty much told me, you know, if, if you're not going to be able to get your school paid for, mm-hmm. don't even think about it because we can't afford it. You can't afford it. Like yeah. it's just, gonna, it's not going to be feasible. And I was like, well, okay. You know, that probably won't happen. Like I, I'm, I don't wrote good. Like everyone back there, I'm not going to mm-hmm. be able to do that. We'll see. And, um, I heard back from all the coaches that I talked to, but Texas A&M Commerce just sounded good. Um, I had been in that area before. Mm-hmm. I liked it, and he offered me a full ride. That's like, sweet. Crap. I was like, this is what I wanted. This this can't be happening. No way this is happening. <laughs> and I went to the college finals. I discussed it with my parents. We still had no idea how we were going to do it because <laughs> no. we only had one truck and one trailer. Um, but they made it work for me, mm-hmm. and that we couldn't pass it up because – you know, in California, you're not going to get your school paid for for a rodeo scholarship. Mm-hmm. And um, so I signed at the college finals and I moved to Texas. And um, like I said, I didn't start training horses immediately, but I had some that I had already trained of my own that mm-hmm. I would sell. And um, I came back here. I got hooked up with the right people and um, met Eric very early on into living in Texas. And he actually rodeoed for commerce, too. That's kind of how I met him. Okay. And. And then the rest is history. I've been here for almost four years. Um, got married in January of 2021. Mm-hmm. We have our own place here in Paris, Texas. And uh, we get to do what we love every day. So it's pretty cool. That's for a blessing. Real- that is a huge blessing. Yes, it is that. <laughs> I love that. Oh, man. And, you know, you talked about, too, like, way back when, when you figured out that it was, you you know, breakaway roping. We're going back to breakaway roping, that your mental game was what was setting you apart from not excelling. You know, 
what did you do to get past that? And when did you kind of see that pivotal moment in your breakaway rope and career where you started coming out on top? I, I did not think I had a mental issue mm-hmm. uh, until I was 20 years old, okay. um, which is crazy. That's like, oh, you went through whole, the, your whole high school career and you didn't know that you needed a mental coach. No, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my dad was always just very hard on me. Like, you, you can figure it out. Like, this is all basic. Like, this isn't, it's all in your head. You just need to do it this way. Well, I just think it's easier for a man sometimes than <laughs> a girl, you know. Um, we get in our heads a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, I I just, at 20 years old, I was in a rut. Mm-hmm. Um, I had actually just come off a really, really good year. Um, like I said, I had made the college finals, but I had won the WPRA Rookie of the Year that, that uh, fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, made the American well actually that was the year after that was after my middle my <laughs> middle through. we'll talk about that in a minute, but <laughs> I, I uh I just had a really good year and I was really thriving I won the the region in California and I had won reserve all around I got to go in the goat tying to the college finals I just had a really great year I'd come back to Texas and won mm-hmm. and it was just really really good and um I was like okay yeah I can keep up with with everyone in Texas, I know I can do it. Like, no problem. There's just a lot more roping that goes on back here in Texas. There was in California. And, you know, I was going to these ropings in California, you know, every, you know, every two weeks or once every month, you know, and I I do good. Well, then when you get back here to Texas and you're going every weekend, I didn't understand that it's okay to not be okay it's okay to not win all the time mm-hmm. it's okay to lose like but you got to learn from it mm-hmm. I got in a rut fast back here um I went through a bunch of money very quickly uh I I was entering every weekend I was I I just was like going stir crazy because I I was so excited to be back here and um I had so many mental breakdowns <sighs> that fall of 2018 I was crying every like it was just it was one thing after another it wasn't even like something you know consistent it wasn't mm-hmm. like I was buried every weekend it wasn't like I was missing or it wasn't mm-hmm. like I was top counting it was like I'd miss here I'd break a barrier here I'd get out run here my horse wouldn't work good I mean it was just it just felt like it was something new every mm-hmm. single month and um my dad was like you know, um, it's probably time that you probably get a middle coach. And I was like, oh, you're going to tell me this now? <laughs> After I've gone four years in high school and was, like, so depressed that I didn't make the national finals. Mm-hmm. I was I, I what do you mean now? Who? What's a middle coach? I don't even know what that is. And um, he was like, you need to get hooked up with Nora, Nora Huntley. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nora was my goat time coach back way back when, when she was still going to college and um, at West Hills. And so... I was like, okay, I'm super uncomfortable with it. I was like, I'm going to have to talk about my feelings with people, you know? And, um, Nora actually was a huge breakthrough for me, like huge. Um, it wasn't until I went to the very first WCRA finals. I had made it through every single round. I had $50 to my name, and mm-hmm. I had wrote a $70 check 
to the WCRA for like stalls or something. Like I didn't even have enough money in my bank account to, to, yeah. to pay for the stalls, but I had that check written cause I just knew I was going to win something. <laughs> and, uh, I got to the last round. I had like gotten through the whole finals with, with wild cards or something. I don't know. It, yeah. I had not won it yet, but I made it to the final round and that's where the big money was. And I top knotted my final round cap and I was like, I am, I'm fixing to quit. I was, I was to the breaking point. So finally I was like, all right, I'll call Nora. Like mm-hmm. I'm at this end. I've got to do something. And, um, this was the first year they had like the rope for the crown and stuff. And I was so bummed because I, I wanted to go so bad. I was going to be in Vegas anyways. Yeah. And be able to go. And, um, so I called Nora. I think I called her like two or three times that week. And, um, I, I, she was like, you know, maybe it's time to just step back a little bit and, and, you know, just look at things, how, like bigger picture. And she was like, you know, I, there's just a lot that she said mm-hmm. that sense to me. Nora and I have a lot in common because we had really hard dads, mm-hmm. um, are really hard on us. And so she understands me more than probably anyone just because she understands and she's been at the that the level that I've been at too and so we really had like a heart to heart and I was like well you know Nora I, don't, I just don't know if I need to enter like I don't have any money well yeah um that and I had actually sold my very first like big money horse it was like the first horse that I made that mm-hmm. sold for a bunch of money and I was super stoked and the people had came out from North Carolina to try this horse and he sold and they were like well we want to kind of take him to north side and i was like okay i mean i guess we'll go like i'll up there i'll go rope you know and um that phil pfeiffer memorial was that weekend too and i was mm-hmm. like well do you want to go to north side or do you want to go to this jackpot like more runs or just one run yeah and they're like let's go to the jackpot it's like all right well i have money i'll enter on that money and um it was like the last rope for the crown qualifier too and um I ended up winning it and I was like, no way. And it was, it was just, uh, that weekend I, I forgot about, you know, the, the hard parts that I had been through. I had forgot about missing. I had Mm -hmm. forgot about broken barriers. I went and just like roped for me, Mm -hmm. roped like I was in the practice pen. Like I've been doing it every day, which I have, but you know, some days it feels like you don't even know how to swing a rope. So this weekend though it it ended up clicking and I think that was the pivotal moment in in my mental state mm-hmm. um as I realized like okay this isn't this isn't that hard yeah. this isn't really the end of the world there's so much more to life than winning mm-hmm. you know and and I I just I always thought that oh if I don't win I had, there's nothing in my life worth, worth it, you know, mm-hmm. and Nora kind of opened everything up for me, and she was like, you got to look at the positives, like, yeah, okay, I didn't win, but what was positive about this run, you know, reflect, but move on, yeah. and that was kind of the pivotal moment that weekend, and I ended up having a great year, and, and since then, I've, I've really, I don't consider myself ever being in a rut, mm-hmm. but before that, I just remember that fall 2018 was awful. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the most pivotal moment in my roping career. 
That is so cool. That's like that gives me like body chills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's cool. Like it's a cool story. Equinity Horse XL and Equinity Ultimate OEC helps keep horses' bodies in the best shape possible when competing and going down the road. The amino acids in Equinity products help horses both at home and on the road. Horses recover faster and overall have healthier coat and hoof quality. Equinity products are a go-to for a solid supplement foundation for all horses at any stage of life, no matter what their job is. Equinity Horse XL is made up of 100% pure amino acids, specifically formulated to give the body what it needs in order to promote repair at the cellular level. The Equinity Ultimate OEC is a flaxseed-based omega-3 with natural vitamin E and colloidal silver all-in-one, which makes for a very powerful antioxidant, helps neutralize free radicals, and helps to reduce inflammation. For more information, please visit www.teamequinity.com. That is www.teamequinity.com. That's cool. Well, and I know, like, was, so you qualified for the first ever American, correct? I did, yeah. Super awesome year. Man, you like that completely changed, and you won the first ever rope like a girl breakaway roping at the wildfire. Like, you did yeah, like that. That, that next that was, year was great. Yeah, no, that was that was kind of all connected. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, that was 2018 that I had that that um, really tough time, and um, after after that, Phil Pfeiffer, I. I just really, everything kind of came together. I went to the Road for the Crown. I, I placed pretty good there. I went to the Wildfire mm-hmm. uh, and and won that roping and, um, you know, went to the American. And during that, during that time, though, I was roping to rope. Mm-hmm. I wasn't roping to win. I was roping to go have fun, you know, and, and that was, that. I think that's, to this day is why I did so good during that time was because I was roping to just have fun. I wasn't roping with a bunch of stress on my shoulders. I was having a blast, you know? That's cool. Yeah, that's definitely, I think sometimes people get like put so much pressure on themselves that it, you know, sometimes it works out for people where it will go good, but sometimes if you put too much pressure on yourself, it can go way south way fast. Oh, for sure. I know that, like, personally, if I put too much pressure on myself, I, I falter at mm-hmm. pressure. Times where you gotta, you gotta live with it. There's, mm-hmm. there's gonna be times where you have to, you know, buck up and take that pressure. But I know that if I put more pressure on myself than there already is, I'm, I'm gonna falter for sure, you know? And so I try to not put so much pressure on myself. I try to just let it be fun, you know? I try and really, really I try to compare everything to how I feel when I'm riding these colts like Uh last when I ride colts I love training colts and so when I get to just come out and have fun and go rope that's when I rope my best so that's what I need to do on my horses Mm -hmm. I've trained these horses you know like I just need to go have fun I need to do it like I do it in the practice pen which you know it's a lot harder (laughs) it's a lot easier said than done but (laughs) you can drop artist (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) 
Uh, you know, and speaking of training Colts, I want to talk about Snooky. I know um, in a previous interview, you know, when you won the wildfire, you had mentioned that uh, you've you had the opportunity to sell Snooky a few times and didn't, and then, you know, now you have. Um, you know, how rock solid was that horse? How was the training process? And was it, you know, how was it finally saying, okay, I, I'm selling you? Like, <laughs> I feel like you guys were partners for so long. That sounds like so like hardcore, like, okay, you're done. Bye. Uh, <laughs> no, but she, uh, she really is the reason why I am the way I am, who mm-hmm. I am, what I have. I mean, um, this, this place that we own here, I mean, it, she really is the reason for mm-hmm. that. I wouldn't have done anything, any of this without her. Um, you know, you, you, she is the first horse I ever trained. Mm-hmm. Process wasn't easy, but it always seemed like we always were going uphill. Mm-hmm. Um, she was trained, you know, and um, we didn't know how she was going to be. We bought her for $2,000. She's great. We knew her dad was some sort of dash for cash but you know we just didn't know and and we kind of took a a chance on her mm-hmm. she was a horse before we bought her and um yeah I I had almost sold her a couple of different times mm-hmm. and and then I decided you know I think I think we're we're growing apart you know there's yeah. just a little part of me that I knew I'd always be able to win on that mare mm-hmm. for sure um but like I said you know, before I don't have all the money in the world. If I could have kept her and bought something else, I for sure would have, but just couldn't. I had, if I wanted something else, I had to sell her. And that was probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do because that was like, I mean, that was my child, you know? And, um, she was a super, super easy horse to train. And she actually, and we went through some hard times, but she was just so willing. Um, we, she had a sarcoid on her on the side of her face, so we were in a hackamore for like the first six to eight months mm-hmm. of training her. So I had to train her in a hackamore, which is like super hard. When the horse is not very broke, she was yeah. never really broke that great. So um, you know, I trained her in a hackamore and. Then when we finally put a bit in her mouth, I think she had a bit in her mouth for like three months and um, we were healing on her one day and she tripped over the steel and steer and nearly cut her tongue off. And oh, so we no. had to take her back out of the, out of the bit and put her back in the hack more. <laughs> and she just, poor girl went through hell and back. And um, then we finally figured out like what was going to work. Mm-hmm. We had found a bit that was going to keep above her tongue and not mess with her sarcoids. And so, um, you know, that, that was, I think two years before I moved to Texas. Yeah. That was my, that was my freshman year of college when that happened. And I, I can't even tell you how much money I won. I wish I would have kept track mm-hmm. of our stats because it, I, oh gosh, I bet you it was close to, I don't even know. I can't even tell you. That's how she's just won so much. And she was the type of horse that anyone could jump on and, you know, anyone could go in on her. And that's why everyone loved her. She was the worst mare to be around. She was like (laughs) the absolute worst horse. And she was terrible to take care of. And she was 
so high maintenance and you couldn't love on her like she was not an in-your-pocket type horse she wanted nothing to do with you she just wanted to be an athlete and that was her and that's you kind of had to just accept her for what she was but um she she was awesome and um last year i we were just kind of going back and forth and i felt like i just needed a little something more mm-hmm. uh, and so with kind of talking to my dad i was like yeah well i'll just kind of post her and and see what happens and the first person that came and tried her bought her that day oh my gosh and Ever cried so much in my life. I think I cried for a week straight in my barn, like just sitting there. Her stall was empty, and I just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed and couldn't believe I sold her. And you know, I I was like, I'm never gonna find anything else, and, <laughs> and I don't know what I'm gonna do. What have I done? Like, I gotta get her back. And yeah, I, I didn't get her back. Still, <laughs> they would still had her, but um, she ended up going off to a, a gal in Louisiana and mm-hmm. um, a path took her differently. Um, she's going to chiropractic school and so oh, wow. she ended up Nikki. And um, now a, a little girl, I think she's 11 or mm-hmm. 12, little girl has her in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Um, Josie Connor's dad actually was friends with the, the gal that bought the mare for me uh-huh. and they got they got the new pair hooked up and they're living in Louisiana and um, she's doing super good and they are thriving and winning a bunch. Mm-hmm. I actually just got a text from her today. They want to come see me. I'm like, please come see oh. me. I, I need to see my horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like that. I mean, she might be your horse now, but she's forever my horse. <laughs> she's always gonna be mine. She's always gonna be Nikki. You know, so. Um, but she's she's doing super good, and, and that was kind of what I wanted her to do. I wanted her to go off and and be mm-hmm. a horse that someone could grow with. Because, you know, it, if I was going to sell her at all, now was the time. Yeah. Or a year ago was the time because she was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. It was, t- you know, she go off and make someone else happy, and I had to get something else. And, and the horse I have now is awesome. and. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to get with her because I didn't train her. I bought her finished. And so it's, you know, that's kind of hard when you train all your own and then have to get on something else. But, um, she really resembles Snooki. And so that's kind of why I bought her. But, um, I so wish I could have had both of them because I, I keep telling my husband, I'm like, I, I could, I could have maybe really tried to go to Mm -hmm. the the national finals if I would have had both of them. He's like, Oh, stop. You didn't even, (laughs) rodeo yeah but I like to wish I like to think I would have right oh man man that is so cool I'm really glad that you can still be in contact with you know the even though it's like past two owners now like you can still be in contact still see how Snooki's doing that's really cool for sure yeah they uh they're super good people they are always contacting me always um ask for points and what they can do to make her better mm-hmm. and um you know I I know that mare like the back of my hand I wrote her for seven years and yeah and love that they can come to me and ask me and they they really like you know the feedback I give them and mm-hmm. uh, you know she says oh well, we, I know we didn't buy her from you but you know her and I was <laughs> like I'd rather come to me I want to help you make her the best she is yeah you know 
still has a ton of life left in her. And um, she's she's going to take that little girl so far. I That's just know cool. it. That is so cool. Oh, man. Well, and, you know, speaking of helping people and training people, I want, you know, I, this podcast is called the Breakaway Breakdown Podcast. And I ask all my guests, you know, what is what is something that you're breaking down within your roping? You know, is it with your mental game, your your swing, your scoring? You know, what is the one thing that you're really focusing on right now? I would say the one thing I'm focusing on is my scoring. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've really, this last year, after I sold Snooky, Snooky was such an easy horse to score. Mm-hmm. What we really implemented was scoring into her everyday uh, you know, workout, but, um, which is so important, you mm-hmm. know, the score starts your run. And so once I sold her, um, I got my new mare Shakira and Shakira leaves a lot harder than Snooki does. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like I kept breaking barriers when I first got Shakira, like barriers that I did not need to break. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I, I bought Shakira because she was so fast and she was, so good to score on and she was just easy mm-hmm. and um and she resembled Snooky, obviously but she was she made things easy in my roping and so I had I had rode plenty of horses you know in those years that I was riding Snooky, but in the high high stress situation Snooky was the one I got on and so when I got Shakira I was taking the same start on Shakira that I would on Snooky. Well, mm-hmm. Shakira looked harder than Snooky. And so I couldn't figure out why I kept breaking these barriers. Like, I'm taking the same start that I would have, you know, on Snooky. Why do I keep breaking these barriers on Shakira? And honestly, I can't tell you that it was like, oh, a couple weeks and I figured it out. No, I didn't figure it out until like the end of the summer. And I had had that mare since February. Okay. So it took me a long time. Um, I went all year, I went rodeoing over the 4th of July and I mm-hmm. went to uh, during Cheyenne and I finally after Cheyenne was like I've got to go home I've got to go back to the amateur rodeos I've got to figure out what I'm gonna do yeah. with this because I either need to figure it out or I need to give her someone that is going to figure it out better than me um and so I, I brought her home and um we kind of we started really get in the practice pen and I, I started being very disciplined and um and then I got hurt mm-hmm. and I so many big plans before I got hurt. <laughs> yeah so and since then I just haven't been able to you know go as much as I want to because you know I'm pregnant but mm-hmm. uh, I still am really trying to focus on that start when when I do go and so um and I can't even tell you that, like, I, I figured it out yet because I haven't. I went to the, the <laughs> roping in Abilene mm-hmm. and open. Yeah, I won the 3D because I broke barriers to mm-hmm. get to the court round. Oh, <laughs> I no. I'm on all three of my horses. Um, and I was like, are you kidding me? But then I came back and, um, you know, I really was like, okay, this is what I need to see do not move until you see this, you know, and it's a lot easier said than done, but, mm-hmm. uh, just really focusing on my, on my score and picking my spot where I want to see my calf too. And, you know, if it's a quicker start seeing, you know, something move out of the end of the shoe or, um, if it's a longer start picking somewhere on the calf that I'm going to see out the end of the gate. I mean, it's just, 
it's a lot of mental yeah. thinking. It goes back to mental again. Yeah. <laughs> I can sit here and score in the practice pen all I want, but when you get behind a barrier and things are faster and these aren't the calves that you rope every day, mm-hmm. you know, you've got to be able to you got to be able to diversify everything. And so that's one thing I'm really working on. Even now I'm still roping a little bit. I've got a cult that I've really wanted to um, get going before I quit completely. Uh Um, And so really focusing on him, seeing a start on him, you know, but still focusing on my mare because my cult's going to leave completely different than my good mare is going to. So just focusing on that, um, you know, I'm, I'm constantly watching videos. I'm constantly watching other people score. I'm constantly um, practicing, obviously, mm-hmm. um, it's a given. But, you know, different different things, really making sure that I pick out the best runs where I scored the best, you know, where yeah. maybe I didn't have the absolute fastest run or the best run, but I scored great, you know. And so um, just focusing on that and, and focusing on – you know, my balance as much as I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so can you break down, like, do you know what you're doing differently with your hand to help with your score? Yeah. So, um, Snuggy was a very, like, in my hand, drop my hand, she's going to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Akira is a little different. Um, she is a drop your hand and kick. And I've never really had to kick my horse to go. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gotten better now just because she was so pretty green when I bought her. She hadn't really been hauled anywhere. And so we're getting better now to where I can drop my hand and go. But really working on that with her is when I drop my hand, you got to go, mm-hmm. you know. And so um, she's, she's really, really done good with that but a lot of walk scoring a lot of like when you feel my hand drop we get you know and helping her and she's come so far in a year Mm -hmm. but I think that's that's where I uh I make things right with my scoring Uh I make sure my hand is dropping when I see you know if it's head around boom drop my hand when I see head around um you know, and, and learning that sometimes I got to see a little bit more on, on a different calf, you know? So I think that is probably the number one priority is my hand. I got all my hand more than anything. Gotcha. Gotcha. And what about, you know, what about your, your body or your legs? Like, what are you doing there? If anything, I'm going to for sure be super, super chill when Mm -hmm. I'm in the box, my body, you know, a horse can feel a fly lay on their back. Mm-hmm. So when I'm in the box, I'm going to be very still, very, um, very calm. I'm not going to give my horse a lot of movement in the box because I want them to sit there. I want them to feel my confidence and I want them to have confidence. So I'm going to sit there very steady, very still with my body. So the only thing that they feel when I'm on my head is, is me dropping my hand. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of times, you know, you're like, oh, my horse, they jumped off the back when I nodded my head. Well, they jumped off the back because you're moving your body, mm-hmm. you know. When you go to nod your head, your body is moving somehow, some way most of the time, you mm-hmm. know, because I always get my students out here and 
dope back in the box and their horse is ready and I'll just open the chute and they won't even nod and their horse will sit there perfectly. I'm like, look at that. Your horse sat perfectly because you weren't paying attention. So you weren't able to give them any body motions to, to think that you were scoring, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so definitely just like keeping everything steady, not cueing my horse with my body is super important. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I love that. That it, it is, I'm really glad you said that, because horses literally, they can feel your thoughts, I swear. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Oh, man. And, you know, speaking of your students, what is the one thing, if you were to tell them anything, any ad- piece of advice, what would you give your students or just anyone, you know, who's going to be listening to this podcast? It is not the end of the world if you have a bad run. Mm-hmm. Do not dwell reflect but don't dwell reflection and and dwelling is completely different make sure that when something goes haywire talk about it Mm -hmm. discuss it get a game plan for what you're going to do next and move on and think about another run and if you're still catching yourself dwelling on it go to your 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 most awesome runs that you've ever made and look at them and look at the confidence you had and look at what you did on those runs. You know, one of my favorite things is to find something similar. If I'm fixing to go to a rodeo and I've been there before and I made a good run there, I'm going to go back, watch that video and I'm going to see what I, I want to mimic that good run, you know, there, or I'm going to find an arena similar or a calf that I have drawn similar to the one I have now. And, and mimic that run and, mm-hmm. and remember that feel that I had. I think that's one thing. Another thing um, that is very important is a feel. You got to have a feel. You can't just you can't just go off what what you say you're going to do. You got to you got to be able to feel what you're what you're doing. And I think that's really important for kids too. You know, or listeners is understand that when you make a good run. Go back and think about that feel that you had. What did you do during that round that made you so successful? Mm-hmm. And then go do it. Go go utilize, you know. Um, you know, do that in practice and have a couple of runs and, and go out and make that run that you love, your most favorite run, and, and have that feeling and know that feeling is what you're confident in. God, that is perfect. That is so perfect. <laughs> Well, cool, Abby. Well, I sure hope people got a lot out of this episode. I know I did, and I I really appreciate you taking the time to just chat with me for, for an, about an hour. <laughs> hey, thanks. I I hope it wasn't too long of an interview. I know I can kind of get on to rambling about these things, but no. it's hard not when you do what you love. <laughs> no, I love it. I know everyone else is going to love it as well. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. And hopefully I get to talk to you soon. (laughs) Yes, hopefully very soon. Thanks so much. (laughs) Thank you again for listening to this episode. This episode was brought to you by Equinity. Don't forget, if you have favorite parts of this episode that just really resonate with you and stuck with you, let us know. We want to know exactly what you guys are enjoying. So give us a shout on social media, tag us in your posts, even comment on our post. We'd love to hear it.